Welcome to Iron Summit, where we cover topics about health, fitness, and general performance through the eyes of former elite Division I wrestlers. And we're live. Not really live. We're live right now, but won't be live when anyone's listening to this. <laughs> Boom. Yep. That was important. But... Today, we're going to cover training our legs for size and growth, which is essentially hypertrophy and just some of the basics behind how to do that effectively. And before we get into that, it's probably important to cover why it's important to have big legs. Legs feed the wolf. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> One, so you can fill out a pair of shorts or singlet really well. Because no one likes seeing a skinny pair of legs in a singlet or short shorts. That's of that's first order of importance. Second is leg strength is super important for athletic performance, for explosive performance. But you can, not that you can't have strong legs without having big legs, but if you have big legs and you focus on growing new muscle tissue, you have more muscle tissue to be strong with. So big legs does not always mean strong legs, but it's certainly easier to have strong legs if you have big legs. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, absolutely. I think obviously aesthetics reasons, super important. Uh, but every sport you talk about is, uh, it's important to have strong legs. You know, you're driving, pushing off. I, I, I can't think of, you know, really any sport that you're not using your legs, um, significantly outside of maybe some weird one-off sports or something. But, uh, I think, you know, it's a solid foundation, uh, for, for most high level performance endeavors, um, and kind of a limiting factor, I think for a lot of athletes. Yep. And I think for wrestling particularly, it's really important to have strong legs, explosive legs, you know, we're going, uh, we're being explosive from a standstill a lot. So it's, it's certainly helps to have a good amount of muscle tissue waist down. Another reason, um, it's important is injury prevention. You have strong legs, quads, hamstrings, calves. You're going to reduce your risk of knee soft tissue, ankle soft tissue injury. So having a solid foundation is going to not only make you perform better, but help prevent some injuries as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think tendons, ligaments, I think knee stuff, definitely, especially in wrestling. I mean, knees are always an issue. Knees and shoulders seem like biggest issues in wrestling. Um, strong hamstrings, strong VMOs, super important to, to keep everything uh, tight. And then I think just longevity of careers you know, strong leg muscles absolutely play a role in that and absolutely help you uh, stay healthy and stay out playing your sport. Yep. So big legs helps have strong legs, helps with a lot of these different aspects. So to start out, the number one thing, and this applies to growing any muscle group, but is to understand how your range of motion affects muscle growth and then controlling the weight when you lift it for legs 
this is very, uh, very important. You know, you want to, for in terms of range of motion, train through the whole range of motion. And that's because when you train a muscle in the length and position, you, and under load, so length and position, meaning the stretch position of the muscle, so the bottom of a squat, the bottom of a leg press, um, anytime the muscle is stretched and under a lot of load, they get the most hypertrophic effect. There's a, a lot of studies, and there's even some studies coming out about how like length and position only training it can be really beneficial for muscle growth. But for athletes, I think focus on a full range of motion. So you want to be strong through, you know, a full contraction of the muscle, but understand you want to take everything through that full range and have control while you're doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that too, like, I don't know. I feel like when, when I was younger, um, it was a lot less full, uh, range of motion with stuff like this. And then once you like actually start doing full range of motion, you realize how sore you get the first time. Um, and not that soreness needs to necessarily mean that you're getting the most muscle growth out of something. Um, but I think you realize how much you're leaving kind of on the table when you're not fully, um, when you're not training full range of motion. And then I also think athletically, like we're talking about, about before, uh, just your injury prevention with full range of motion, you're, you're training throughout all different weird positions you'll get in specifically wrestling, but a lot of sports, right? You might be in the middle of a, a scrimmage in football where you're underneath a weird position where you're, you're not in a super like natural, I don't know, position that you would be in a weight room. Um, so being, having some kind of muscle memory in those areas too, I think just overall in sport is huge. Yeah. I think it's funny because if you can control the weight through the full range of motion, you're going to get really good results, especially for growth and strength. But when you start lifting, I did it. I was super guilty of it. I see it all the time. You have people who lift with a little bit of an ego and they want to move a little bit more weight and then sacrifice tempo. So control and length, length and position of the muscle. Cause it's harder to move the weight from there. You know, so it'll cut the range of motion a little short and you know, then maybe move a little more weight, do a couple more reps, squat, but you're leaving a lot of size and strength on the table. So the more you let that ego creep into your lift, you're actually getting less out of your lift. And when you're young and dumb, you can get a lot out of a lift pretty much no matter how you're lifting, but you should still, you know, I mean, I wish I knew what I knew today when I was in high school. If you do it right the first time, you're not going to have to do it right a couple different times. You know, you train those a little bit more ego lifting, right? It's just hurting you long-term. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to relearn the mechanics and you're going to have to drop the weight eventually. And so it's easier to just do it right in the beginning. Uh, yep. And then, you know, get strong once instead of trying to figure it out twice and unlearn bad habits. Yeah. So we will, um, probably one of the best examples of understanding how to control it and how to train the range of motion. And it's a great place to start when you're discussing training legs is the squat. Is it the best exercise for leg growth? You know, it depends on your biomechanics, um, the variation of squat you're doing, where your foot position is, a whole bunch of things. But what I do know is a squat is great for um, athletes. It's great for building explosive strength. 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of studies, including one study that they did where I think they took a bunch these are athletes. So, you know, they were doing vertical jumps to begin with and training for vertical jump, but then put them through an eight week squat program, back squats, and the vertical jump improved by 12 and a half percent. Um, that same group of athletes, they did, a another, well, half, the half of the group of athletes did squat and half did leg press. The leg press group only improved by three and a half percent on their vertical jump. So the squat is definitely, you know, that probably has to do with starting position of a vertical jump and a bunch of things. But the point is a squat is a great exercise for athletes and it's a great exercise to start for growing your legs if you do it correctly. Um, the first and most important thing when squatting is squatting to depth. And I, um, definitely guilty of not doing this in the past and trying to sacrifice depth for weight, but I've really learned through powerlifting partially, you have to squat to depth, you know, right. they will, yeah. won't count it if you <laughs> don't, but also just trying to get bigger, stronger legs, squatting to depth. But this is a good rule of thumb for anyone who wants to grow their legs is have the hip crease get below the knee. So if you imagine the femur in there, if it is, you know, at a downward angle from your knee, you're squatting to depth. You know, parallel would be your femurs at 90 degrees, but you're probably leaving a little bit on the table if the femur is parallel to the ground. So try and get it to where the femur is you know, below the knee. So the crease of the hip is below the top of the knee joint. That is, you know, you're going to make sure you're really maximizing your squat. And, you know, you can even squat deeper than this if you're squatting purely for hypertrophy. You know, this would be like a powerlifting depth squat. You know, it's a squat where you probably can still get a decent load. But if you were just trying to do higher reps for hypertrophy, squat even deeper. Um, and I think, so I'm just curious, just like, when you say you used to not squat as deep, what, like, other than powerlift, like, was powerlifting the change, basically, or was it just, like, over time you realized, like, I could get more out of this, you know, going lower? Um, yeah. A and B, but I would say powerlifting was the catalyst. Okay. Uh, but I, my legs have grown significantly since I've done that. I think since I started training for powerlifting, I've put over almost two inches on my legs. You know, the, because I do measure my legs. <laughs> That's insane. Um, That's an insane stat, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, so if you focus on these things and you, you, know, you actually leave the ego out of it a little bit and you really focus on getting the correct range of motion and controlling it, you will see results. Yeah. Um, and another reason to squat to depth is, you know, it will reduce the risk of injury in a squat, because if you squat to depth, you will not be able to handle as much weight. And therefore you're not going to put more weight on the bar than another component of the, the squat, specifically, usually your back, you know, the, the squat is super, the back squat in particular is really uh, taxing on the lower back. So if you're squatting the depth, you're kind of putting a, a built-in limiter there. That's going to take some of the load off of your back. So you, 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 you who knows how to squat and is super, I don't know, you, you've been doing this a long time. You still set everything up correctly so that you're limiting, you know, risk of injury. And I think the other thing important here is like, I don't know, just go to the gym and just 
throw a bunch of weight on the bar and not have a plan for if you fail at this. Cause if you're training hard and you're going, you know, close to failure, you want to make sure that you're not one, you're not hurting yourself by like losing your tension, um, and, and rounding your back or something in a squat. And then two, you, you have an idea of how to bail if you absolutely lose this weight. Um, yeah. well, if you're, I mean, you should always squat safely and yeah, if you are squatting in depth, yeah, you're, you're certainly making it a safer squat. Another reason to squat to depth is it's challenges more, you know, it's a, when you squat, shortcut your squat, you can make it a much more quad dominant exercise. When you squat all the way to depth, your quads are really in a compromised position. They're super lengthened at the bottom of the squat, particularly as you get below that parallel. So you're going to become much more reliant in that part of the squat on really your adductors, a little bit of glutes and hamstrings, but you're training your overall leg then, you know, which makes, you know, if, for a whole host of reasons, you know, is it, is the squat the most effective to grow just your quads? Probably not, but is it as a general rule of thumb, a great exercise to grow your overall legs, especially if you're squatting to depth? Yes. So one of our keys for leg growth is squat and squat to depth, which means get your, at least your hip below the top of your knee and even deeper if possible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like the foundation of like 90% of leg exercises too, right? I mean, you got back squats, front squats, goblet squats, sissy squats, hack squats. I mean, there's so many different variations where you can change stuff up, but it's on this foundation of like, if you could only do one leg exercise, I think it, you can make arguments for other stuff, but biggest bang for your buck, if you got 15 minutes, you got to get a good workout in, probably go hit some squats. Like, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like I think, squats or deadlifts probably. I maybe even take it. I think I would say if I had to only do one exercise, period, for anything, full body, I'd squat. Because it's super, it is a core, lower, you know, lower back, all of your legs. And then there's a ton of hormonal benefits to squatting heavy too. You put weight on your back, your body releases growth hormone. It, it helps us increase bone density more than a lot of different exercises. So it's, it's you know, squatting is kind of one of those magic yeah. compound <laughs> movements. Absolutely. If not the magic compound movement. That being said, there are other extremely effective exercises for growing your legs. And this is going to be anything where the emphasis of the exercise is in the length and portion of the muscle groups on the stretch portion. So for quads, like a sissy squat, you know, where you're getting your knees way over your toes, you're really stretching your quads. You want to have sore legs, you know, like squat yes. <laughs> and superset it with some sissy squats. You're going to have your quads are going to be sore. You won't be able to go um, to the bathroom the next day. <laughs> yeah. Sitting down is going to be tricky. Stairs are going to be tricky. Um, a hack squat, so a, a machine you know, squat is another excellent way to, to target your quads in a length and position, especially if you. Go your feet a little closer together and you really focus on getting your knees over your toes, stretching your quads. Anything where you elevate your heel is potentially help you get your quad into a little bit more lengthened of a position, particularly if you struggle with ankle mobility um, or you just, you know, torso length. If you elevate your heel for any squat or lunge, uh, you're going to get your knee a little bit more over your toe and get your 
quad into a more lengthened position, which will help for, for quad growth. And that's something I encourage. I think a lot of people would benefit from squatting with field elevated. And it doesn't mean you have to have an Olympic lifting shoe, just stand on some plates, you know, some thin plates and try it out. You might, uh, find that your squat mechanics are a lot better and you feel it a lot better. And then for hamstrings, you know, think about anything where your hamstring is in a super stretched position. So RDLs, um, hamstring curls, where really focusing on that length and portion of the hamstring curl. So like kind of at the bottom. And that doesn't mean that, you know, exercises where there's a shortened focus, like leg extensions, um, or trying to think for hamstrings, maybe like a Nordic, uh, not a Nordic curl, but like a BOSU ball curl, where it's more like the shortened position is really, there's a lot of tension and overload in that. Those are really, can be good too, and are supplementary, um, really good to the length and position exercises. But if you're trying to drive growth, you know, maybe put a little bit more focus into these exercises where the muscle's in the length and position. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most sores of like, most soreness I've ever felt, like just from some RDLs, just like really stretching your hamstrings. Um, I, I think it's easy. Like if you, if you take a week or two off of lifting and you go back to it, I, like you'll be so sore. Um, and I think it's something that we don't naturally do a whole lot of, honestly. Um, it's super beneficial in terms of performance. And then one other caveat on top of that, like we're talking about squats and how important they are to start all this. Uh, you did an awesome breakdown, Max, on our YouTube with just how to squat, how to set it up. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think everybody just takes it for granted. They think they know how to squat. I think there's a lot of things you can do um, just with foot positioning, making sure you find your right width of stance, bracing. There's a lot of different things. So I encourage people to kind of look back and kind of question some of the stuff too that you you think that you already know about it. I'm sure you're always finding little tricks even, you, you know, that even if it helps just a little bit, we pull up that video and I'll show you where my head, I'm, I'm still working. I'm trying to keep my head down while I'm squatting, not look up as I come yeah. up. Yeah. It's a bad habit. I mean, like you're going to always be perfecting these things, but, um, yeah, definitely check out our YouTube video cause it's a good place to start, but make sure you're squatting well. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's the same thing. Like, I don't know if you're, we talk about technique too. Like if you're doing something incorrectly, then it's going to be really hard to unlearn that. So hopefully you do it right the first time and don't have to relearn it. Um, and then going off of that, I think everything you do, especially when we talk athletics, like you got to look at your overall load management, like cause proper recovery is super important here. Probably a lot of this stuff when you're doing heavy hypertrophy for, for your legs, you're probably not doing this in season, especially in like a wrestling season. It, it might take you a lot of, a lot of training days to recover from something uh, like a brutal leg workout. And if you have competitions coming up and stuff, it's probably not the most ideal time to do it. So being smart about what season you're in, um, whether that's preseason, like you're in the middle of your season, you're in championship season, or you're in the off season um, and what your goals are. And all this has like, significant recovery demand so needing to take into account what you need to do outside of the weight room in order to maximize it long term too because if your legs are trash for the next five days it's not worth like you're not able to recover and get back into you, you know your optimal performance 
it might be detrimental to your training. So figuring that out. Um, and that's like matching your recovery to your stimulus. And then also talking about, we just did a nutrition talk. Make sure you're refueling correctly. I think when you look at your nutrition and making sure that um, you're getting good, high quality nutrients and the right types of nutrients around these workouts, you're going to one, boost your, your muscle growth a lot more. And then two, you're going to boost your recovery, which in turns like also boost your muscle growth because you can keep consistently hitting your workouts and feeling good. Um, and that's not to say you're not going to be ever, ever be sore. I feel like, especially like college wrestling, I don't know, you're probably going to be pretty sore most of the time. Uh, <laughs> and then you're, you're figuring out ways to, to feel better and, and figuring out recovery modalities and, and trying to maximize all these other things so that you can feel as good as possible. Uh, and growing stuff, you know, you're physically adding tissue, muscle tissue onto your body. It takes a lot more to add that muscle tissue than it does to like maintain that muscle tissue. So when you're growing, I think you got to be 100% locking in your diet, fueling properly and having some high intensity with these workouts. Um, and it's consistently doing that over long periods of time. Really, really important. That's super insight. Really being the hypertrophy phase is one of the most taxing phases in your body. Like you said, growing muscle is not something your body necessarily wants to do. It's like an adaptation that you trick it into doing and making your body feel like it has to do. <laughs> um, but when you do that, yeah, it's, it's really tough. It's actually hard on your system to grow muscle. So it's definitely not something you should be trying to do like mid season. You can be maintaining your muscle and you should be training to maintain your muscle. If you don't train, you know, if you don't lift weights in season, you're not going to maintain your muscle, but yeah, you, you should match your, you know, probably really to grow your legs. It should be an off season thing or if you're just someone who wants to have bigger legs then you can do it but then no it's you know it's going to have a huge recovery demand and yeah the second thing i want to highlight you said there is getting your nutrition right in order to grow muscle you need to be in a caloric surplus absolutely there's no such thing as growing muscle in a deficit so when people are like i want to get leaner and add some muscle like that good luck um <laughs> doesn't work that way. You need to be in a caloric surplus in order for your body to be add new muscle tissue, which is another, especially if you're in a weight class where you're cutting weight, you know, you're not going to be adding muscle tissue in season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so kind of, kind of summarizing this up. So squat king of all exercises, maybe that's controversial. Maybe it's not, uh, is that, so Definitely worth investing some time in squatting right and understanding, you know, everybody's working on getting the correct squat motion always. And there's a lot of variations within squat that you can do. Um, focusing on full range of motion and control, focusing on squat mechanics. Again, technique, super important. I think you'll get a lot more out of it if you're, if you're doing it correctly from the start, instead of having to relearn it, um, exercise selection. It needs to match your needs. So understand what season you're in, whether that's like, if you're trying to run a marathon, you're probably not going to be maxing out your squat at the same time as that, right? I, I think a lot of people are, they have conflicting goals and they need to spend a good amount of time on one goal and then switch to a new goal. But if you're chasing a bunch of different things at once, you're probably not going to maximize one of them. So you're going to have to say no to some other things and make, make sure that you're, 
maximizing for what you're trying to actually maximize for. I think that's super tough to do because people get bored quickly, I think. And then also it like, it's tough. You're trying to put on muscle and then you start, you're like, oh, I'm getting a little fluffy. I, I don't, I want to stop, stop eating like this. It's like, well, it might be tough to put on some muscle if you start cutting your calories now. Uh, and then obviously recovering legs, high demand, high stimulus. So making sure that your recovery is on point, nutrition, sleep, foundation of, you know, kind of hierarchy of performance. We talked about a couple episodes back too. Yep. Create that environment to grow. And, um, yeah, if you don't want to look like a stork or a frat boy in shorts, <laughs> then follow this routine. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. End it there. <laughs>